Welcome to episode 27 of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Today's episode is part two in our series entitled, The Impact of Stress on Our Health. In this episode, Worley and Danina will continue speaking with Angela Grace, a health coach from Sutra Wellness in Amarillo, Texas. Thanks for listening today. Here's Worley and Danina. Welcome back. It's uh, good to be back again with Angela Grace, the owner of Sutra Wellness in Amarillo. She is a wellness coach and much more. And this is a second podcast of discussing stress and really stress as it impacts um, not just uh, our, our emotional, relational, spiritual, mental part of our lives, but also the physical part of our lives. And Angela really does all of the above in what she does. But um, if you weren't with us last time, we encourage you to listen to podcast one. But we're going to continue now with some further discussion with Angela about um, just stress and more specifically the impact it has on our physical bodies. Well, and we're the ones that separate all of those things. Angela was saying that in the in the first podcast. Um, I was thinking just, you know, the fact that God has just made our bodies to work all together. Mm. I mean, we want to separate our physical body, our, you know, our cognitive thoughts, our, you know, emotions. I mean, where we're at relationally, spiritually. And um, I mean, we know in the work we do, I mean, that all ties in together. Yeah, and that's yeah. part of what you were saying, Angela, is just that, that um, we need to see how, how that all works together. But as we talk about uh, today, just how stress affects us physically, I think it's important that um, we start with just the fact that we all have genetic predispositions towards certain health issues, and stress always has the high potential to bring these things to the surface or actually make them worse. Stress utilizes our emergency system in our physical bodies. That's the adrenal system. And when we feel stressed, a surge of adrenaline shoots through our body to prepare it for fight or flight. And, I mean, we can kind of, that can come on. I mean, we feel that just happen within us. And sometimes in counseling, it's even helping people learn how to pay attention to their bodies. I mean, that when that even is, is hitting um, and even be aware of that. So that stress is initially, it's motivating and it's energizing and it's kind of a rush that feels good. And so sometimes we have people that are adrenaline junkies because it actually, you know, feels good. Uh, but it's not healthy to sustain this type of adrenaline surge because our bodies and our minds are being alerted constantly and our stress hormones um, are going up constantly, but they never are coming back down. And that can lead to some of the serious issues that you're going to talk to us about today with the gene expression. So mm-hmm. why don't you continue what we've already started here and explain some of that to us. Okay. So that cortisol level spiking and the adrenaline, what happens on a cellular level is when 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 that increases and you have that spike, if your body d- is not producing methylation, if your methyl groups within the cell are depleted, then it's going to pull more of that out of the cell to 
support that cortisol and that adrenaline rush. And then that leaves you on a uh, on the gene level, the DNA level, to be more um, more likely for that gene expression to take place. So stress depletes the methyl donors within the cell, and mm-hmm. with when that methylation decreases, your likelihood of triggering a disease, autoimmune disease. Um, sickness can happen. So this is why talking to people, um, and I'm sure you guys probably have seen this too, they have some type of traumatic event happen that's Mm -hmm. very stressful and they get sick. Mm -hmm. That is what's happening. It's their methylation is so depleted that their cell cannot support and prevent that DNA expression. And that's what, you know, in the first podcast I talked about, that's what happened with me, with the RA, with rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. It was, I was under a lot of stress and I was working out a lot um, because I love to work out, but it was also a way for me to relieve stress and get my mind off of things. And in that bucket, my bucket was so full of other factors, other stressors, that even though the physical side of things it was good mentally for me, helped me, mm-hmm. but your body doesn't, it can't, stress is stress to your body, whether it's physical stress and it's a good thing, whether it's emotional or mental stress or even chemical stressors. So mm-hmm. that has an imp- impact on your your DNA, your, your genes. Mm-hmm. So what do you do about that? I mean, if that's happening in your body. So if, you know, for somebody who would come in and say, now I I was healthy and I had this happen and all this stuff kind of started happening in my life and I got sick, what can I do about that? Um, We, with, with people that have this gene expression, that have this sudden turn of DNA, getting them on a good supplement that supports the methylation within the cell is important Mm -hmm. and we do that at suture wellness and the the company that we partner with that have have used the methylation and have these supplements um they are biochemists they they work in the lab and their products are different from just walking into another health food store it's not something that you can just buy over the counter and so it's systemic formulas and they have a great product. And this is active methylation that can increase methylation within your cells. And when you increase methylation, you also increase glutathione. And then when you increase those, you, you're lowering cellular inflammation, which is going to allow your body to naturally detox better and um, get nutrients that you need within the cell. So when you're having a high stress, if you have a high stress life or things that are happening on a continual basis that are depleting these uh, methyl factors within the cell, um, you are going to ex- start experiencing um, you know, anxiety or depression, um, brain fog, low energy, because it's impacting that, that, that cell that's driving that inflammation. And so we want to we want to address 
the cell, but we also want to address the environment that's causing this, this inflammation too. So as a health coach, I'll work with people. We'll incorporate, you know, some grounding exercises, um, being in peaceful environments, adding in some prayer time or some meditation and gratitude. Uh, we'll do breathing exercises because when you focus on your breathing, it gets you out of your head. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, especially working with women, it's there. There, there's a lot of people that are always in their head, mm -hmm. and so that's constantly driving that stress. And so it's being able to take a step back and support yourselves with supplements, but also incorporate things as a lifestyle to to combat that stress. Mm-hmm. It's good. What would you say uh, about, I mean, just how toxic thought patterns impact, you know, stress in the body and the physical body? Because uh, I, I, I think that seems to be a big part of, I mean, how we think, you know, determines some, I mean, it determines how we live, what we how we behave. I mean, it impacts our emotions, impacts our physical body. So mm -hmm. what would you say about that? Toxic thoughts. <clears throat> I think the, the clients that I work with, that is what drives them to make the decisions that they make. And because I'm a health coach and when I work with the nutritional side of things and the mm -hmm. exercise, what I see a lot is these you know, clients, they, and even myself, this is a journey that I've had to, to go through. And um, I still have to have these conversations with myself. Mm -hmm. Why are you choosing to eat the foods that are making you sick that you know are causing problems? Um, why are you know you should exercise? Why aren't you? So this goes back to the thought mm -hmm. process. And a lot of that in, you know, Caroline Leaf, and and there's mm -hmm. so many different people that talk about, you know, the pathways in our brain. Mm -hmm. And we just have to be very active in catching ourselves. So when I talk to clients, I tell them, you may not catch yourself right away having a toxic thought, but if you realize it, stop it right then and reprogram it. Um, put something, a positive in there. And mm -hmm. so... I'm, what I see is not only it affecting people's choices and concerning food or exercise, but it's also, if, if you look at the cell, there's science out there that, that shows us our thoughts and, and the toxic thoughts that we think can bring down the, the energy within the cell and could cause cellular inflammation. And so, you know, if you go back to, I think, eighth grade when you drew the cell and you, there's the mitochondria in the cell and, and the mitochondria produces ATP, which is the energy you of the cell. You remember all that, Worley? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's coming back to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, the, the cell membrane um, and the mitochondria, th it's made out of fat. And so this, the, the fat can withhold inflammation and this can our thought processes can impact that that cell as well and so mm -hmm. it will if if the cell membrane is inflamed and the mitochondria is inflamed then atp the energy within the cell is going to, going to decrease 
And so if we take care of removing the sources that mm-hmm. are decreasing the cellular um, inflammation, and then even our thought processes that decrease this energy within the cell, that energy, that ATP and the mitochondria will increase. Mm. And so with people, with my clients, you know, when we address by removing the source and equipping the cell to actually start detoxing by adding in methylation and then working with the thought processes, um, they feel better. Mm -hmm. They have more energy. And it's because it's on a cellular level. It's the ATP is producing more energy. Mm. What do you think, what would you say about the, um, like Dr. Carolyn Leaf and some of the other people that are, speak on stress today, and even Harvard has had a lot of studies recently where um, they're, I mean, they're actually looking at how important it is that we embrace stress and that we don't just see it as a negative thing initially. That, you know, when our heart starts to pound and we start to, you know, breathe faster or maybe sweat some instead of saying, oh, my gosh, I'm having an anxiety attack or, you know, I I mean, I've got it. I mean, just that flight mode comes in with the stress. I mean, they're all talking about how um, in the study that they did at Harvard um, also was saying just that the people that were able to embrace it and say, okay, my heart's pounding I'm breathing more. That's a good thing. I'm getting more oxygen to my brain. My heart is pounding to prepare me to deal with, you know, whatever the stressor is that's coming. And seeing it as a positive actually lowers this impact of stress. So have you heard that or have any yeah, thoughts about that? That's a, that's a, I haven't heard that perspective, but it's what, to add to that, I think also, and I agree with that. I mean, we seeing things as a positive, we need to do that. Um, this this is kind of going down another path too, but the there's a saying that's called positive, um, toxic positivity, where people will also be pot so positive yes. that they're not paying attention to reality. Reality mm-hmm. or how they're really feeling. They're ignoring their emotions and their mm-hmm. feelings. Mm-hmm. And that again, is going to drive cellular inflammation, decrease the energy mm. within the cell. But on the flip side of that, when I when I work with my clients, it's a matter of, I like to ask the question, so what's underneath that? So when they are experiencing anxiety, it's not, oh, I'm having anxiety, I feel bad, and oh, I wish I didn't have this. What is your body actually trying to tell you? Because underneath that, there's usually some mental and emotional things that are playing a part of that, your thought process. Even working with clients with panic attacks, it's usually something mental, emotional that triggers that. Mm -hmm. Worry, stress, things that are outside of their control. So it's helping people to know what, okay, what is underneath that and what I can do about this? What power do I have? Mm-hmm. Which to me, that seems to be um, what it, what's coming out of all the neuroscientists today that are doing research on this. It's just, they're trying to make that point that, um, you know, our, our, blank, our brain is, um, you know, um, neuroplastics. 
So it, it basically can can you know we we have some power to continue to change you know our brain in that, and that seems to be what they're saying with stress now, with that neuroplasticity that you know you have the power to also realize that how you think about stress can actually change what happens in your body and your brain mm-hmm. to stress. So yeah, I agree. It's it's amazing. The more I study and research about the human body and health, the more I realize this is all intelligent design. It, it's it's very fascinating. If you look at disease, you know we, we think of disease, cancer, whatever it may be, as horrible, and it is horrible. But if you look at it from your body's perspective, it's your body's adaptation to things within itself, within the cell. It's just adapting to survive. And so our body's ability to adapt to disease is very fascinating. And just like in podcast one, you know, genes can be triggered and can be turned on by stress, but we also have the power to turn those genes off. And it really does, it starts in your mind. You have to make a decision to not be a victim. And, and and it's a process. You know, when I was, when I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, I I had some tough conversations with God. I would, I would, I, I told him, I'm doing everything right. How can this happen? This is another situation in my life where I felt like I was doing everything right. And look what happened. Mm. That that was hard, but I had to go through that process, and then I had to make up my mind: Am I going to be a victim to this, or am I going to research and do whatever I can to get healthy? And I think a lot of people are in that place. Mm-hmm. They're trying to piece together um, what can turn their health around, what can make them feel better and have the energy that they want to have. And not have brain fog, not have anxiety, not have panic attacks, but they're piecing things together. And what I have, what I have found going through my own process with all of this, is it comes back to your cells. It comes back to cellular inflammation. So tell us where your faith has played a part in all of this, or even in, you know, as you're moving forward professionally. That, that's, that's a long story. That's, that's, (laughs) that there's a lot that goes into that, but I have, um, you know, even opening up, we opened up September of 2020. Mm -hmm. So in the midst of a lot of businesses closing down and opening, I was, I was opening, single mom, three mm-hmm. kids. Um, you know, I and I even joke around people. I'm like, I must be crazy, <laughs> you know, to do something like that, to take that risk and open up a business. Uh, but it was something that my faith played a huge part of stepping out. And I've had so many situations in my life where I, I was put in a position to make a very difficult, a difficult decision and 
prayer um, and and having to just go to God with my fears and my worries, um, but also say, okay, God, I've seen you come through for me in profound ways that if you're calling me to do this, I'm going to step out and do it. And he's been faithful. Mm-hmm. He's been faithful through through everything. And, and even in the process of us opening up Sutra Wellness, I wanted to bring this information to the public to reach more people. And I remember at the beginning of that in August thinking, wow, if I can, you know, if I can work with Dr. Pompa, who I'm learning all this from, and, and work for him, that would be fantastic. And I, I remember leaving the store one evening thinking that, telling God, you did that with the previous doctor that I worked for. That was a dream of mine, and that happened. So I'm I'm just going to believe that it's going to happen. But even though I said that, I thought it was too profound, really. <laughs> I mean, is this really going to happen, God? There's still that doubt. Well, and now I'm working for Dr. Pompa. Mm-hmm. And so God's just done so many things like mm-hmm. that in my life. Well, that's exciting. And I mean, just to as you move forward, too, you're just going to keep remembering how God's gone before you and will keep going before you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, it, I mean, anything else you feel like would be helpful for us to understand about what you do, about, you know, for us, I mean, our physical, you know, bodies under stress? Uh, I would like to talk about— um, a study that Duke University did, and it, they called it the Godi gene. And what they did was they took identical mice, and they fed, they gave them a chemical BPA. And we're pretty, you know, you you go to the store and you buy something plastic, and it'll say BPA free. BPA is in a lot of products, um, makeup products. It's in canned foods. It's in other products. And when they they split up these identical mice and they gave one set the chemical BPA and the other set they didn't, these mice were on the same diet and same exercise. But the ones that had that exposure to BPA, that agoti gene got turned on. And so the color of the hair changed. And you can look this up. On the web, you can see the pictures of the mice. Color of the hair changed. It, it became coarse and yellow, and they became obese. Mm. And what they what they found as those mice had children, that gene was turned on in in their babies. And they took the the babies and gave them the methyl donors that we talked about earlier, and they were able to turn off that gene. They lost weight, their hair went back to normal. And so I think there's even... Mm. So I, there's proof, uh, scientific proof. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I, I always joke around and I say, thanks, mom and dad, <laughs> <laughs> for this for this RA, you know, this yeah. predisposition to this to this gene. Mm. But the power is they're... they're you can turn it off. Mm-hmm. And so I even think about, you know, my own kids and I, know, I I see clients that it's just they they are born with this because of their 
because of their genes from their parents that are handed down. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to bring that up too, because Mm -hmm. I think this is, this can go on for generations. And that also ties Mm -hmm. into some of the biblical when it talks about, you know, expanding for generations and everything. If you start looking at some of these studies or parents that have lead exposure, that goes through four generations before that lead is released out of that family. And Mm -hmm. so parents that have been exposed to lead pass that on to their kids. So it's it's very fascinating. It goes right along. Like I said, the more I research about the health aspect of this, Mm -hmm. the more it fits right along with what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So I have wow. a question, and it may get too technical, but it's it's in this vein of what you're talking about as far as turning the gene on and off. So how is that how is that determined and understood? How is that studied? How do they know that a gene's turned on and off? Can you can you speak to are we watching symptoms again? Is there actual you know science um that they're looking at? Mm-hmm. How, how do they know? As far as like the biochemistry part of it, I, I couldn't speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, what what we would be doing at Suture Wellness is looking at symptoms mm-hmm. and then blood work. Mm-hmm. Just like in podcast one, we mm-hmm. we use multiple ways to, to approach somebody's health. And so in my case, um, with reversing RA, mm-hmm. um, I'm going off of symptoms. Mm-hmm. Couldn't work out a year ago. I was swelling, mm-hmm. horrible pains, typical mm-hmm. RA symptoms. Those are mainly gone. Um, I can still have some flares every now and then, but they're not bad like they were. Um, I can still function. And so we want to look at symptoms and then down the road when a person is ready to repeat blood work. Mm-hmm. So that's what I plan to do with myself. Repeat blood work, compare it with what I what, what I had done when I was diagnosed, and then go based off of symptoms. Okay, very good. You know, did you have a question? I was just wondering along with that, uh, I mean, is this something that you do preventatively or you respond to once you have the symptoms? You... If you can do it preventively, mm-hmm. you definitely want to approach that way. Mm-hmm. I think most of most people, I'm good, mm-hmm. I'm fine. They they wait until something like this happens, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh wow, I'm sick. I I need to do something. Um, but there's things that you can do preventively. Okay, so like if we came in and we did the the testing, the neurological testing, the DNA testing, we it would show what genes <clears throat> would be most likely. For whirling eye, right? Mm-hmm. So then at that point, you would recommend certain things that would be more preventative than, you know, responsive, probably. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's going to be the same approach um, as if you had genes that were turned on, mm-hmm. but it may not be as aggressive. So somebody who, say, has an RA for 25 years, um, more likely their neurotoxicity testing is going to come back very, very high. Whereas somebody, because they've lived, they've had this buildup of toxicity in their body. Um, whereas somebody, in my case, had RA for a year before I really found, I fe- felt mm-hmm. like I found the solution and started addressing it, mm-hmm. um, may see 
that number come down and symptoms decrease a little sooner. And I think a lot of people, they want the magic pill. They want the one, two, three. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish I, I wanted it for myself. Um, that's just human nature. But everybody's health is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be, we would approach it the same way as somebody coming in saying, you know, I have these symptoms. They may not be as severe, but I'm noticing some of these symptoms. What can I do about it? Because I don't want to get to that point mm-hmm. where I can't function and I'm really sick. Okay. Well, and one other question I have um, is, I mean, we we have some friends that are pharmacists, and sometimes they're anxious about, you know, we're getting prescriptions from a medical doctor, and then we're taking supplements, which, uh, you know, are also still, you know, chemically mm-hmm. based. So, what what do you do as far as that mm-hmm. in, in, you know, helping people? I mean, like, where he's already, you know, taking um, you know, heart medicine. So he comes in to see you. I mean, what do you do as far as, you know, being certain about those things yeah, working so together? We we go over a full health history. We talk about all that. I, I see clients that are on prescriptions, blood pressure, cholesterol, mm-hmm. um, anxiety. And I, I encourage them everything that we discuss and talk about, they need to discuss with their doctor too. Uh, we all need to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about working together because, yes, a lot of people, I, I see people who will just take everything, mm-hmm. um, take a lot of different supplements. And too many supplements, there can be reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, certain supplements can, can, when you pair it with something else, can cause water retention or something more severe. So... You have to take that into mm-hmm. consideration. So I just, we do a full health history and we really talk about that and dig deep into that to make, sh- to prevent something like that from happening. And I always encourage all my clients, discuss this with your doctor as well. Okay. That's, That's good. good. Well, one of the things I appreciate in what you're saying is you're just very thorough. And I think one of the things that I talk to people about in counseling is, we need to slow down and think about and t- take serious the the things that we deal with in our life. And, you know, you have to take time to think about, well, why do I feel this way? And what's happening in relationship with my spouse? Or what's going on with my kids? And marriage takes work and things like that. And you have to, you have to engage in the process. And that is countercultural to, um, I just want to feel good. I want everything to work. I want to be happy. Oh, I need to think positive thoughts. And, you know, those are all things to live in a, in a moment. But what you're talking about is um, being thoughtful about the com- really the complexity of how God's made us. We're, we're, we're beautifully and wonderfully made. When you talk about cells, and Danina brought up thinking back to the eighth grade and thinking about that. Well, you know, at that time, that was not interesting to me because it was one more class I had to take. But the fact is, when you talk about that, that's the basic building blocks of how we are are made and wired. The DNA is that too. And so I like that you, you put pieces together. And I, I appreciate the fact that you, as you just said about the, um, somebody comes in and they're on a prescription medication, you don't, you, you, you say, 
let's look at this and compare it and let me help you understand this and go back and talk to your you know your medical doctor and so forth but i'm saying all that to say um that in and this ties back to what Danina started with a little while ago is that when we um when when somebody becomes anxious simply because they are experiencing stress and they just want to get rid of the stress and the anxiety, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. You have to settle into and determine whether or not this stress is, is this actually good stress? Is it something that's harmful to me? You have to take the time to think. And so what better person to help us think than somebody like you who's a coach who's trying to tie things together, you know, about all of us. And I'm not just selling you, I'm, but I am selling what you do because um, that I think there's gaps that we're, we're that people are falling into when it comes to our our well-being because we go see the doctor and he says he, he has his five or ten minutes and he tells us this and you need to make sure and exercise. And then we get into that and, you know, uh, but, but we're not necessarily feeling better and we wonder, well, why not? And, and so, um, yeah, I'm starting to ramble, but, but I know the point of what I'm saying is, um, and I appreciate what you're talking about is you're just being thorough. You're just trying to be very thorough with who we are and how God's made us. And I know in our stress talk, that's what we want to, talk about. We divide it up to emotional, spiritual, relational, mental, physical, but the fact is they're all intertwined. Right. Because God has made us to to have they they relate to each other. Mm -hmm. So um anyway, just wanted to make that comment. Um you may have another question. I actually have one other. Go ahead. Well so it was really on this and and we talked about this a little bit in the break. Um, that we had, and that is, I, you know, you're you're a wellness coach, and and a lot of people would hear that and think, well, I have no idea what that is. Um, we live in a part of the country that sometimes, and I dare say, most many parts of the country are like this. People are skeptical of something different or something new, and and as we've visited with you today, um, and and last time. I realized that that we don't we there's great comfort you're giving us great comfort in what you do where because a lot of people don't understand some of the more extreme things that we might hear and um because we're used to we'll just talk to the doctor about it and you're you're bridging gaps you're bringing things together but I, I don't know if you could speak to that just briefly of um, what a wellness coach, how you as a wellness coach see it all working together. And is that enough of a question to get you talking? I, I, I know you, you, you've had good mentors and trainers and your, you know, your schooling, but so if I'm, if I'm the person out there and I'm skeptical of something new or something different, what would you say? One of the big things that they told us, um, in my health coaching school was you don't have the answers 
The person that's coming to you has answers. You just have to help guide them to those answers. And so as a health coach, I don't, when I sit down with clients, yes, I have a lot of knowledge about these these topics, but it's ultimately up to the person that I'm sitting down with to decide, does this resonate with you? Is this something that you feel is happening that you need? Because that person has the answers. I, I don't. I'm just here as a guide. Yeah, and, and if I can jump in there too. So as a counselor, when I sit down with somebody in counseling, I tell people I'm here to help pro- help you process. I'm help I'm here to help you sort through things. I can't fix what's going on. I can't solve this for you. Now I happen to come at this at approach of of what I think the scriptures have to say about life and people and then what I understand through the scriptures and through experience and through what some things have been written about relationships and emotions and things like that. That's kind of the wheelhouse I would work in. But in the end, it's really what you're doing, what you're thinking about, what you do with this information. So it's really very similar. And I like that. And and then to take that a step further— you are working in with the medical field. You're working with the body and and how it functions. I mean, that's not an area we're working in, and that's that's invaluable to people for you to be able to you know guide them and direct them. Mm-hmm. That's really really good. Well, and I think just as we close, I was thinking about the fact that. Um, you know, so many people today are just saying that the, uh, you know, concern in today's culture is just that we're in this constant state of emergency. Um, it's just our culture due to this hurried pace of life. And so our bodies are seldom returning to a healthy state. And so we're, you know, we're working to, um, you know, together, I think about what we do in our field, the the medical doctors in their field, what you're doing in the you know, mental health field, I think, um, the place for community and, you know, church and worship. I mean, there, there's just, we're, we're all working to try and help us. And I think today of all days mm-hmm. in our culture, especially, um, I mean, with, I mean, what we have going on, you know, in, um, from the, our national, um, realm all the way down to just our personal life and, and still living with, pandemic stuff. I mean, we're just... Well, and, and just to say about that, this, so there's this stress out there yeah. anyway. It, there's we're all external feeling. stressors that are you surrounding us. You can't watch us. the news, you, you know, yeah. without feeling it. It's just out there. And so it's, it's that on top of just our personal individual lives where we have kids and we have families and we have right. health issues and, you know, you're trying mm-hmm. to plan weddings and mm-hmm. all kinds of things that yeah. go on. It's just Everybody's under it, mm-hmm. and that's why I just I'm really grateful that you came, Angela. I you know I, because I do feel like we're you know we're um, trying to work in this together to help us as much as possible um, get our bodies out of this emergency survival state. And you've really helped us understand the physical side of all that today. So, well, thank you for having me.
We love enjoyed it. Do, do you think, Danina, maybe there should be a mandate that at least everybody over, I, I'm thinking this because of my age, but over 50 <laughs> ought to have a wellness coat? Sure. You should sign up tomorrow. Because again, I mean, I just even know from my own personal stuff, Angela, as we're talking, I did not think about my physical body um, until, until you had to. Right. <laughs> Are you going to tell the real story? Well, and then, and then, and, 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 and I kept putting off going to see the doctor for the midlife stuff that everybody said I'm supposed to have. And I'm the kind of person like, well, just because everybody says I'm supposed to have it, I don't know why that means I have to that have it. That doesn't apply to me. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's expensive to go get tests run and so forth. So my wife backed me in a corner and threatened me. And so I finally <laughs> did. And lo and behold, me who thought, because uh, I had lost weight, I was down to... Uh, a weight that I thought was good and felt good about and the diet was better and so forth. I thought, I am doing great. And lo and behold, I go to the doctor and find out, no, I've got a couple of blocked, some arteries that, that are not completely blocked. And anyway, it's all turned out fine and and the test had been run and so forth. But point was, I felt pretty good. And lo and behold, I realized, you know what? I can't keep living like this because this is going to catch up to me very soon. Mm-hmm. So it, what you're saying today, I think even fills a gap for me of thinking um, to have somebody who lives and breathes and works in bridging some gaps because you don't get it just going to see the doctor. You don't get enough information. You just get bits and pieces and they don't have time. And so, I mean, I hope your, I hope your work grows. I hope you know it's it's something that continues to expand into our area. Um, you'd mentioned in, when when we were visiting earlier that you know that there are wellness coaches, you know, in, in some of the larger cities and stuff. But you know, more power to you. I hope it grows. And so, thank you for helping us understand a little bit better what you do and just enlighten us today. Mm-hmm. And I think if you've got Worley on board, <laughs> I really thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you do. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So we'll right. we'll stop for this time, yes. and we'll mm-hmm. we'll we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you again for joining Worley and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Morley and Nina, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. If you would like to know more about Angela and Sutra Wellness, you can visit their Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Sutra Wellness Amarillo. We also have the link in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and share this episode on social media. And please feel free to reach out and contact us through the website. God bless.